Our Cancer Journey. Hey, Our Cancer Journey podcast friends. It's Bruce, and on today's show, we have Dr. Paula Stewart, a leading voice in the area of lymphology and lymphedema treatment, and the president of the Lymphology Association of North America, or LANA. In this first episode of a two-part interview with Dr. Stewart, she's going to walk us through the background about the lymphatic system and about how certified lymphedema therapists can help us if we come down with a disease known as lymphedema. Check out this clip from the show. During my education in medical school, we had 15 minutes in one lecture devoted to lymphedema, and that was it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that when you went to medical school, which wasn't all that long ago, lymphedema was a 15-minute mention? That is correct. The Our Cancer Journey podcast is a place for those impacted by cancer, their caregivers, and their loved ones. Together, we explore ways that we can optimize our lives through the experiences of diagnosis and treatments and beyond into the future of survivorship. And now your host, Bruce Watkins. Greetings, everyone. This is Bruce Watkins, your host for the Our Cancer Journey podcast. This is the show where together we'll explore ways to help you feel better, live happier, expand your self-empowerment, and enhance your life experience. Thank you so much for joining us on our show today. This is going to be a really interesting episode. It may seem like a little departure from some of our past episodes, where we talk about a vast array of topics that really delve into you as a whole human being. On this particular show, though, we're going to talk about a very important topic that is frequently not understood, not communicated very well. And when we have a disease that involves this topic, we're not completely aware of the fact that there are opportunities to get expert help to help us with that disease. And that disease is called lymphedema. Now, lymphedema is a problem that happens in your body when the lymphatic system is disrupted. Now, some of you may have heard the word lymphatic system or lymphedema, but you might be more familiar with the word lymph node, (laughs) because when you're in the cancer space, all of a sudden the word lymph node becomes a really important thing. Lymph nodes are oftentimes taken out of our bodies and analyzed to see if cancer has spread through this lymphatic system. It helps your medical practitioners to know if your cancer has spread beyond the original point. So you might think that's a pretty important thing that the lymphatic system does, and that is true, but the lymphatic system does so much more. And yet many of us have no idea what it does, how it works, or how we can communicate to doctors that we think something might be going wrong. So this is an informational show that is going to talk about some medical stuff and talk about some biology, but we're going to do it in a really accessible way while at the same time doing what we always do here on the Art Cancer Journey podcast, trying to find some practical takeaways for you and everybody that listens to this show that they can apply to their lives and make their lives better. So we're going to do that with a fabulous guest we have. Her name is Dr. Paula Stewart. Dr. Stewart is a leading voice in the area of lymphology and lymphedema treatment. She graduated from Stanford with both a BA in human biology and a master's in neurobiology. So she kind of got everything covered there. (laughs) She later on went to medical school at the University of Minnesota and completed a residency at the Mayo Clinic. 
After completing medical school, she established one of the largest clinics to treat people with lymphedema on the East Coast at the Charlotte Institute of Rehabilitation, where she served as director of research for 10 years. In 1999, she joined with Dr. Joseph Feldman, and together with others, they founded the Lymphedema Association of North America, better known as LANA. After serving in various roles within the organization, she ascended to the position of president of LANA, and this organization promotes standards and certification processes for healthcare professionals that are going to treat people with lymphedema using evidence-based science and proven techniques that work on this disease. The organization also promotes research and additional education for people in the healthcare community, patients, and caregivers and loved ones like all of us that listen to the show. In the second episode, we're going to talk more about the effective treatments that certified lymphedema therapists, those are the people that the Lymphedema Association of North America certifies, that those folks can do for you and teach you how to do for yourself that will make a big difference in addressing that disease if and when it happens. And if you are one of those growing number of people that have nothing to do with cancer, but you listen to our show because there's a lot of great life information, and ways that you can improve your life regardless of cancer and just improve your health and well-being, I've got some news for you. Although lymphedema affects people with cancer at a pretty high degree, serious accidents or other diseases could also impact your lymph system. And if that happens to you, which happens to many people every year, you will also need to know about the lymphatic system, certified lymphedema therapist, and the wonderful resources that Lana has available to all of us. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Dr. Paula Stewart. She's a real heavyweight in this area, but she's going to make this stuff really accessible for us. As you listen, you're going to hear that she's a very exacting, research-heavy doctor. But she's also going to show that she's a pretty fun individual, too, and I really enjoyed talking to her. I hope you enjoyed this program. And remember to stick around for episode two, which is going to drop just in a few days after the show. It's going to be a great and informative listen. I hope you enjoy it too. Let's roll the tape. Dr. Paula Stewart, I am so happy you're on the podcast today. You are such a pivotal person in this space, and you've done such great work with the organizations you've founded. Thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast and to talk about LANA and to help support your mission to bring really important information to cancer survivors or those with cancer. What a great, great podcast you have. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. That is so kind of you, doctor, especially because from what I've learned about your organization, you are very respected in the entire medical community. And you do a lot of things with other people that are trying to propagate information. So that means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Thanks. So Dr. Stewart, let's jump right in. The concept of the lymphatic system was pretty foreign to me. I mean, I'd heard of it from some human biology class back in my old school days, but I'd never heard of the word lymphology and I barely knew anything about the lymphatic system. So what does this word lymphology mean? You are not alone. The lymphatic system is really misunderstood 
during my education in medical school, three quarters of one page out of a 3,000 page textbook was devoted to the lymphatics and lymphatic diseases. So it tends to be poorly understood and poorly studied. So physicians are not prepared to deal with the lymphatic system or diseases related to the lymphatics. You know, it's interesting you say that, doctor. I've met a few lymphedema therapists that I interviewed previously for the show, and I'm learning so much about this. But one of the things that really surprised me, and I'm saying this at this point early in the show because you just said something about it, is how little time they said was given to medical doctors as education on this disease and the symptoms of this disease, lymphedema. Can you tell us about that? That's exactly right, Bruce. During my education in medical school, we had 15 minutes in one lecture devoted to lymphedema, and that was it. Um, that whoa, whoa, was, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that when you went to medical school, which wasn't all that long ago, lymphedema was a 15-minute mention? Correct. That is correct. Wow. Hey, OCJ podcast friends. It is Bruce, and I'm popping into the show for just a minute with two really fun announcements. First, I mentioned a while back on the podcast that I was hired to produce a patient education video for an education institution. Well, that video just happens to be on the subject of lymphedema. The University of Cincinnati Cancer Center in Ohio in the United States hired me as a creative producer to help them produce a video on lymphedema. And they did it because they knew what we were talking about here, that lymphedema is a very complex subject. Well, we finished that video, and it's an informative and easy-to-watch piece. And the good people at the University of Cincinnati Cancer Center have allowed me to share it with you. If you go to OurCancerJourney.com, that's OurCancerJourney.com, backslash lymphedema, you'll see not only the show notes for the episodes we've done on lymphedema, but you'll also see a link directly to the lymphedema education video. Share it with everybody you can. And thanks again to the good people at UC Health and the University of Cincinnati Cancer Center for working on this video for all of us. Now back to the show. We are just, I believe, entering a new era where lymphatics and their role in many, many processes in the body, including immunity, which is now in the era of COVID, has gained a lot more prominence, a lot more importance in people's minds. The lymphatic system is beginning to be understood for its true importance. And Lana is a part of bringing that to public awareness. Wow, Dr. Paula. Oh, by the way, can I call you Dr. Paula? Would you mind? Sure. Okay. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> okay. A lot of people call me Dr. Paula. Perfect. Better perfect. than some things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doctor. We're not going to talk about what they call me. I'd have to mark the show explicitly. Okay. okay. Anyway. Okay. I want to get into your wonderful organization that is involved in certifying lymphedema therapist for quality and deep education. It's really wonderful what you're doing. It's great work. And I want to spend some time on that. But first, let's just dig into the lymphatic system a little bit more. What has it been like the last 100, 150, 200 years? How has our knowledge about this really important system evolved over that time? 
Well, let me go back just a little bit further, Bruce. There was a enterprising anatomist of the 1600s who actually injected ink into the gastric system of dogs and found that there was a system that was not the blood system. It was not arteries. It was not veins, but it showed up as vessels. And that was the very first time anybody had identified another system of vessels within the body. And that's just about where lymphatic understanding remained until about the 1800s, where a group of German therapists and physicians who understood that the lymphatic system, this system that had shown up with blue ink in it back in the 1600s, seemed to have something to do with abnormal swelling in arms and legs of persons that came to their clinic for assistance with this swelling. And they understood that there was something wrong with the lymphatic system. You know, doctor, that is really interesting that we just figured this out a little while ago. I interviewed some people from traditional oriental or traditional Chinese medicine that said both ways. They were doing dissections of the human body a thousand years ago or more, and they noted some different body parts that I don't think the West knew, but we eventually discovered them in the manner you just said. When these German therapists, a couple hundred years later, seeing the correlations between this system doing things and actual events in the human body like swelling, were they focused on trying to understand the system more to do more research? Or were they rushing to figure out how to treat those symptoms like the swelling you were talking about? Really, they were focused on the treatment aspects. And to their credit, we have continued to use the treatment methods that were elaborated on and established in the 1800s in Germany. We continue those very same treatment approaches today. Now, doctor, when you say those same treatment approaches, I just for our audience, uh, sometimes people think of ancient medical things, you know, like drilling holes in people's heads. <laughs> We're going to let blood bring in the leeches. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that these physicians and physiologists started doing things to the body that were very simple, but had a degree of efficacy. They were effective. Yes, they were effective. And 150 years later, we are still providing manual drainage or massage techniques, very complex massage techniques based on the anatomy of the lymphatic system that is paired with specialized bandaging techniques using low stretch bandages to apply compression to the affected limb. And those techniques have been unchanged for probably 150 years and still very effective. So it is a tribute to the observation and hard work of those early pioneers in the world of lymphology that we are still utilizing those techniques today. Well, my understanding, doctor, is that's a great thing, right? Because what certified lymphedema therapists do, these physical maneuverings and massaging and compressing people's arms, the techniques that your organization certifies people for, that people teach these certified lymphedema therapists, it's highly effective. It is effective, yes. 
That makes a lot of sense because when you think about if you break your finger, somebody puts a splint on it, clearly that's been around for quite a while, you know? <laughs> so when simple mechanical things work, they work. Mm -hmm. We keep thinking about modern medicine doing magical things with either a pill or a beam or something like that. And sometimes you just got to do something very simple, just mechanically moving things. So that's wonderful. That's correct. So now we've caught us up to 1800. Well, a little bit of time has passed since 1800. What's been going on since? Bruce, this is a really important time in lymphedema. There's so many new things that are happening. It's hard to keep track of everything. We have a new population of surgeons who are pursuing super microsurgery techniques to reroute lymphatic flow, to provide lymph node transplants, to repair damage to lymphatics so that the lymphatic system functions better. And th these could not have been imagined even 10 years ago, some of these approaches. The surgeons are working on vessels smaller than the diameter of a hair, a human hair. That's, that's incredible, doctor. It is incredible. It's amazing that uh, it takes years of training, though, for, for these surgeons to be competent in these techniques. So these microsurgeries really are a combination of both total creativity, because I know that surgery seems to be as much of an art as it is a skill. So somebody has to come up with the concept that these things could be done. But also, modern actual technology, like the tools, the hardware, computer-based surgery, all of those things have brought us to this nexus where with the technology, with the new vision, with people being able to practice these very, very niche skills, we're starting to make some real progress with brand new treatments. We are. Doctor, I love hearing that things are being discovered. And some of the people I'm interviewing right now are on the bleeding edge of research. And they're doing experimental surgeries, experimental immunotherapy. And there's great results. Things are happening. But it's so new. I mean, it's just emerging. This technology we're talking about isn't readily available for everybody at the time of this recording, correct? No. It's considered experimental by most of the insurance companies. Those who get the surgery very often are paying tens of thousands of dollars out of pocket. So it is not available to almost anyone. So, Doctor, even when this cutting-edge technology is fully perfected, enough people become trained in it, and it becomes more ubiquitously available, we likely are going to see not only the opportunity to maybe have a surgery like that if our particular body situation is teed up to have it and it's going to be effective, but we're always going to be seeing this manual therapy regimen that we have with the certified lymphedema therapist. It's always going to be with us. So yes, we, were, we are always going to have therapists. Not everybody's going to be able to have the surgery and the manual techniques are going to be very effective for, for those persons. With surgery, even if it becomes widespread, there is a need for the therapist to provide ongoing manual therapy techniques and bandaging following surgery until the patient has healed from the surgery and they need to have methods, they need to learn techniques for managing lymphedema if they should have any kind of recurrence. 
You know, doctor, I have not had lymphedema, so this is just really fascinating for me. But when I did have my particular series of cancer surgeries, I don't, I don't talk about my cancer a lot and people are asking about it. At some point I will. But when I had the two big surgeries, I had to start off my little journey. I started experiencing some really serious swelling in the area of my cancer. And the doctors immediately put compression on me. And it was the first time in my life I actually heard the words, this swelling could be really detrimental to you. It could be detrimental to your healing and it could cause major problems. Bruce, that was lymphedema. And by applying that compression that early on, you had the early treatment that prevented ongoing problems with lymphedema. So you had lymphedema and you were treated for it. Wow. I mean, they, they did one compression series, just a handful of progressive things where they put the bandages on so tight. Oh my, I, to be honest with you, it was almost funny because how I looked with the compression bandage on. <laughs> my kid wanted to take a picture and I said, no way. You know, Take one picture on my phone. Let me see what it looks like. Right. But they, they wrapped me. And then over time, they wrapped me differently. I think, I'm not going to say looser, but they'd had a different technique. And I never had the problem again. So it, it was fantastic. So what you just described is why we want lymphedema identified early and treated early, because early treatment can result in really great outcomes. So you are an example. Well, I'm happy I could be of service, doctor. <laughs> I looked like Mr. Potato Head for a while, but, uh, you know, <laughs> biggest wound for me on that one was my pride, but uh, that's great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about the certified lymphedema therapist. I heard a term when I was speaking to the lymphedema therapist. They called it complete decongestive therapy or CDT. Am I saying that right? You are saying it absolutely correctly, yes. Now, when it comes to this, the CDT, complete decongestive therapy, is this the core concept of the entire lymphedema therapy process? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Take us into that with the lymph system, what congestion is and what we're trying to do with that particular therapy. Well, Bruce, I can talk about how the anatomy is disrupted and lymphedema occurs, but if you want to hear just about the CDT, there are two different aspects to it that are important to understand. Well, they both sound pretty important. Um, why don't you just cover both? Okay. So when somebody's lymphatic system is disrupted in this country, most of the time, it's from surgery for treatment of cancer, which is probably why I am on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But worldwide, it actually, the, the most common reason for lymphedema is filarial disease, which is a parasite that gets into the lymph nodes and accounts for 3 million cases of lymphedema worldwide. But the point is that anything that disrupts the lymphatic system can cause lymphedema. Okay, well, let's stop right there, doctor. I've traveled a lot. Uh, people that have listened to this podcast have heard some of my guests mention my travels. And 
I've gotten a pair of cider too in some strange places, <laughs> remote places. This particular parasite, what, what's the name of that again? Filariasis. It's a filarial disease that is spread by mosquitoes. Now, most of the people listening to this podcast are cancer folks, and they are right in the bullseye of being at risk for lymphedema based upon what you just said. But for the people in other parts of the world where this parasite may exist, are there treatments for that? There are. There are medications and surgery that can be performed to remove the parasites. Um, The medication will kill the parasites. The surgery will remove the lymph nodes that are infected by the worms that grow and block the lymphatic systems. Wow, that's a great visual for the podcast. <laughs> Hold on. Maybe I, maybe I need to filter my questions a little bit more there. The only, the only worm some of my listeners are familiar with is the one in the tequila bottle. So people just <laughs> – thank you, doctor, for that. People, hold on to your hats. We're going to get into the thing about cancer in a minute. But, man, that was an interesting cul-de-sac right there. All right. Okay, well, that's good that that parasite's got some known treatments that are effective, and that's great. But for most people, not in remote areas, we're really looking at cancer patients being the – big, big, big majority of people who are not only at risk for lymphedema, but actually develop lymphedema, correct? That's correct. In the U.S., they estimate approximately 6 million people have lymphedema. And the whoa, 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 whoa. Hold it, doctor. When you say 6 million people have lymphedema, I just want to be clear because I'm, I'm not clear. Are you saying that at this moment, 6 million people have been diagnosed with it but some of them were diagnosed with it 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and they're dealing with it for ever, like we're talking about? Or how many people a year? Is it 6 million people a year diagnosed with lymphedema? Can you clarify that for me? You are bringing up a really good point. The number is very squishy. We'll use that scientific name. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the analysis, Doc. <laughs> The, 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 let, me, let me go just a little bit further here. We extrapolate based on the statistics we know from small populations of people. The problem is lymphedema is terribly underrecognized for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. It's not taught well in the medical schools. It's not recognized early. Even therapists don't always recognize it, even if they've had some training in their schooling. So there's a number of people in this country with lymphedema who have not been diagnosed, and the number 6 million is an extrapolation. Well, thanks for clarifying that, doctor. And it seems like everything that's either a rare disease, a disease that isn't eminently life-threatening, or something that's emotionally grabbing, the numbers we hear about They really have to come from extrapolation because we know that there are medical folks out there that are discovering it. And some of these people have had lymphedema for 20 years, right, when they first get diagnosed. Absolutely. Absolutely. The most common thing my patients will tell me with their lymphedema is, first of all, they had gone to multiple physicians and it had not been recognized when A physician did recognize that they had lymphedema. They were told there was nothing that could be done for it. So those are the two most common responses my patients have had in their journey with lymphedema. 
when they encounter the medical world. And we're hoping to bring an end to that. Well, thanks on behalf of my tribe, doctor, because, <laughs> because when I started this show, I'd already talked to hundreds and hundreds of cancer patients and you know, visited support groups and did some stuff. But I got to tell you, as great as our doctors are, there are some out there that miss things. It's, it's just true. And the number of times people have said, I was on my fourth doctor when they said, hold on, we're going to run this test. Okay, this is it. And then they got treatments and they got relief. It happens. So communication and training is the best thing. This is a great point, doctor. Usually I talk about this later, but we're going to be going a little bit in detail of how to spot lymphedema in just a minute. But patient self-advocacy and empowerment is something we are really into here. Now, that doesn't mean we're trying to train everybody to think they've got every disease on the planet. But we are trying to help people to encourage them to engage their medical provider and say, hey, there's something going on. I really want you to look at this. Or there's something going on. I can feel it. And I've heard people say things like X, Y, and Z and, if, and question the doctor and prompt them because even if the doctor isn't fully educated on lymphedema, even if they haven't received the training that you've talked about, which is hopefully going to change with your advocacy and other people in your space, isn't it true that people going to the doctor and saying, hey, I really want to revisit this. I want you to look at this. Can we talk more about this? That prompts doctors to focus a little bit more attention on it. Absolutely. And Bruce, I think that if the patient can go with information for the physician, physicians go into medicine to help people. They want to provide assistance. If they haven't been trained in how to provide that assistance, they can't do it. But I think most physicians would welcome information about resources for lymphedema and treatment for their patients. So we try and make available to the patient or somebody who has lymphedema information on our website. And there are a lot of organizations out there now that are available with information for both the patient and the physician. So they both can learn about lymphedema and, and resources for treating lymphedema. Wow, that's fantastic. Later on in the show, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going to be in our show notes, our full show notes that are going to be on the website. But we will be putting a link to CLT, Lana, in the show notes. And I think this is fantastic because I've taken a brief spin through your website and there is a lot of great information there, doctor. Thank you for doing that for us. Thank you. We're proud of that website. The American Cancer Society gave us a grant to build our website because they recognized how important it was to have good information available to the public and they provided us that grant. So um, shout out to the ACS. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, American Cancer Society for that. And I have to tell you though, whoever was in your organization wrote it in very plain language. It's easy to understand what I've seen. I haven't read the entire thing, but it's very approachable. And folks in the listening audience, I want to say that we oftentimes are put into a position where when illness shows up, it doesn't make an appointment three weeks later. It just kind of appears. And then we're stuck and left holding the bag and flat-footed trying to figure out what to do and where to go. So oftentimes we might hear a tidbit here or there and we try to go engage our medical professionals who are supposed to be our partners in our health. 
But we don't have the information. We're not armed with anything. We're trying to repeat what we remember. And sometimes, you know, what we're saying may not be complete or accurate from what we remember with CLT Lana and their website. You can actually come in with a link to something and say, you know, I read this. This sounds a lot like what I've got. Here's the resource right here. Talk about a wonderful tool to be able to advance the communication with your doctors. Thank you so much, Dr. Stewart. Thank you, Bruce. That is so good to hear. And it it actually is at the very core of our mission. So thank you. That was great. Well, you are more than welcome because we've got a lot of gratitude for that. Well, our wonderful listeners, that is going to conclude part one of our interview with Dr. Stewart. You gotta admit, for a person that's a real deep researcher and medical expert, she sure is an approachable person, and I really appreciated that. Our next episode is going to be getting into the certifications that can be given to people that can help us, how you can find those people, and what exactly they do to help us address lymphedema and teach us how to work on it ourselves so we can potentially reverse it, or if we have to manage it for a while, how we can do that a lot on our own. Super important information. Come back and check out that episode. And if you ever know anybody that has a serious physical injury or goes through surgeries or radiation or even chemotherapy, make sure to recommend these shows to them because this show may be the most insight they may get on lymphedema before it shows up in their lives. It can be super helpful. So thanks for sharing this episode with everybody you know that may find it useful. So once again, thanks for listening to the Our Cancer Journey podcast. You can find us on our official website at Our Cancer Journey. That's O-U-R CancerJourney.com. You can find us on Facebook at Our Cancer Journey podcast. And you can find us on just about every major podcast app everywhere in the world. Thank you very much. See you next program. This episode of the Our Cancer Journey podcast is sponsored and produced by Fairlead Media. All rights reserved.